talking with us today. Um, I've been lucky enough to work with her a little bit in the past and get to know her and I'm very excited to have her on the show today. So Sadie, welcome. Thank you so much. Hi, thanks so much for having me. (laughs) And if you would, if you would kind of give our listeners a really short biography of who you are and what you do and where you're at in the world. Yeah, so my name's Sadie. Um, Currently, I'm a graphic designer um, located in Provo, Utah. Um, A little biography about me. Um, I'm pretty young. I'm only 25. And I currently don't have a graphic design degree. um, But I have a graphic design business that is thriving. So it's still up in the air whether Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to school to get that degree or just keep continuing going forward with that. Um, I absolutely Mm -hmm. love Disney. And I've been to Disneyland (laughs) once a year at least for the past 10 years. So hopefully we can go this year. We're trying to like feel it out and see what is going to happen. They just announced they're opening on July, I think, 17th. But we're just like kind of like Mm -hmm. waiting to see what happens in the fall and what's going on. But it would be really sad if I had to end that streak. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, so what's the, is there a debate Disneyland versus Disney world? So I've only been to Disney world once. I like Disneyland better because it's a lot more compact. So like, instead of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this ride is in a whole different park. It's like, Oh, this ride is just like a couple of like blocks away and like um, distance wise. And then like, if it is in another park, like it's Mm -hmm. literally like across the street, like it's not, a far walk. Um, Disney world is really frustrating to me because like everything is so spread out. And I also don't like in Disney world, you have mm-hmm. to like plan your whole day, like 90 days out. Now I think they're like not doing oh. that, but at least when I went, like you have mm-hmm. to like plan out which fast passes you want to get that day, like 90 days in advance. And you have to like plan out what reservations you want to get at what restaurant 90 days in advance. And it's just like really frustrating because like, you can't just like do things spur of the moment. So I like Disneyland better mm-hmm. personally for like the convenience of it all. Um, but it's hard because Disney World has a lot mm-hmm. of like really amazing shows that I love. So mm-hmm. it's up in the air because it's mm-hmm. like Disney World is like probably a better value. But Disneyland is so much yeah. more convenient. Mm-hmm. It's so fun. So so what's your do you have like a favorite ride and like a favorite snack that yeah you get when so you're at we love the Matterhorn you have um, my husband's a huge Disney fan too so that's oh. like something we bonded over really early cool. in our relationship so we absolutely love the Matterhorn mm-hmm. and then um our favorite thing to eat there is the Monte Cristo um at New Orleans oh. Cafe oh my gosh like that mm-hmm. was the best sandwich I've ever had in my life it was so good oh <laughs> <gasps> Oh, that is so good. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And I love, well, I love that. Well, first of all, I love Pirates of the Caribbean, but it's great that whole quarter down there because you can get mm. the beignet and you can get, oh, and the drinks. I mean, I, I don't really drink a lot of alcohol yeah. and there's none at Disneyland anyway, but like the, um, mm-hmm. the non-alcoholic mint. Yeah, I've heard those are best. good. We're like very those. particular about Disneyland. Like when we go, we get like all of the same uh-huh. food items. So we like never branch out. So I've never had <laughs> um, the beignets or the mint juleps just because like we like the cheeky room and like Dole Whips. So like we'd rather have that, oh, you know? Yes. Oh, you just got to spread it out because I like the tea. The tiki room is like the like the hidden secret. Nobody goes in there and it's so like dark and quiet and like not quiet, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's shady and you can get a dull whip on the inside so you don't have to stand in the big line. It's Yeah. And Disney World, you tip. actually like <laughs> can't take your dull whip into the tiki room also, which like made me pretty oh, mad. Really? Oh, because that's like the whole reason. Yeah. Like that's half the reason I go to the tiki room is to have a dull whip. 
yes oh my gosh i just that's funny it's so funny you say that because uh there's a place um i don't know if it's a nationwide chain but there's a place here mm. called menchies and it's like a frozen yogurt place and they have dole whips i, I got one a few weeks ago mm-hmm. it's not the same but it's like a know, quick fix it was yeah for yes sure. yes it was it was fun it was fun I like that it's um it's cool one of the things I'm gluten-free and um so I was super worried the last time I went to Disneyland oh they have tons find of anything to eat. my father is you know, gluten-free like... too so they do uh-huh oh that's awesome I gosh that makes me so excited I'm... my kids have been after me to go to Disneyland I think the last time we went my daughter was yeah and she's eight <laughs> so <laughs> well I hope you don't break your streak I know I hope so too I hope it can happen um, and I'm excited for all the new rides and stuff. My uh, my kids are like super psyched about. The I know Star it's such Wars a shame. And, like they just came out um, with this brand new land, and then they just came out with this amazing ride, and then a month later it was like, oh, we have to close everything, like shut everything down. No one can ride it. Like so horrible, yeah. so sad, <laughs> super sad. I know, and I've never been to California Adventures. Do you um, do that at the same time? If we have enough time, we like to do like one park a day. So if we have like mm-hmm. multiple days there, we'll do both. But like, if it's only limited to one day, we just do Disneyland. Cause there's a lot more for us to do there. Cause we don't really love adventure rides, like roller coasters and like mm-hmm. the Soren ride. Like those are not like our absolute fave top priorities. So there's like a lot more for us to do at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. So usually if we just have like the one day and when we lived in California, we had a pass for a while mm-hmm. and the, <laughs> The main thing we would do in California oh, cool. Adventure, this is so funny. Um, there's this part of the um, River Rapids ride that there's like a geyser mm-hmm. that shoots up. And we would literally, like, you can mm-hmm. sit on, there's like a little dock thing. You can sit on the dock and just like watch mm-hmm. people get sprayed. And we literally would just sit there for like <laughs> hours and just watch people get sprayed because like they had no idea it was coming. So they'd be like, oh my gosh like either they'd be like oh my gosh that's gonna hit us and then it wouldn't hit them or they like would have no idea and it'd come out of nowhere and they'd be like soaking wet like it was just so funny oh that sounds hilarious oh my goodness (laughs) i i have to say you've definitely piqued my interest there's a podcast i like i haven't listened to it for a while but it's called crying at disney and it um it's great because they talk all about different issues about disneyland and the last one I listened to was near Halloween and they were talking about the origins of the haunted mansion and the, or like the, the graveyard that's next to it. And, um, and how some of the gravestones have workers names who worked really hard on Disneyland back when it was built. And, uh, they just, just in, in tribute to them, they put a gravestone. That, that's oh, that's so cool. I'll have to listen to that podcast. Just. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good one. Well, I'm, um, so excited to have you on Resilient because uh, it sounds like you definitely have um, a time in your life when you have felt that you were resilient. Can you speak to that? Is there anything that that you've had to persevere? Okay, yeah, I life? hope this is an interesting story to people. I think it's an interesting story and um, I came out on top. So that's great. Um, so when mm-hmm. and it has like a very unexpected ending. Um, when I was in the <laughs> sixth grade, I want to say, Um, my mom got me a violin because there was, um, orchestra class at my school for sixth graders. So we got a violin, um, and I decided that like, Mm -hmm. this was going to be my thing. Like I'm the type of person, I have like a very type A personality. So like when I go in on something, like I go all Mm -hmm. in, at least like that's how I was at the time. So Mm -hmm. um, I got a violin Mm -hmm. and I started going to orchestra and I had private lessons and like, I got like fairly good. Like I I'm not going to like brag or anything, but like for a sixth grader, like I was advancing very quickly because I had the extra help from my private lessons teacher. Um, and I was in orchestra every day and I practiced every day. Mm -hmm. So like I was advancing more quickly than my classmates who didn't have those things. Um, and I was very privileged in that way. My mom, um, paid for all of those lessons and like, I loved it and it was, it was just awesome. Um, So by the time I was in about eighth grade, um, I had really like committed to being a music major 
in college already in eighth grade, I was like, I know this is what I want to do with my life, <laughs> which is so ridiculous. But like, I was all in. Okay. And I knew that if I was going to be all in, I needed to be like all in for the rest of my life. So I was like, okay, we're doing this. I'm going to be a music major. I'm taking private lessons. I'm in orchestra. Um, and one of the things that happened, this is like the first thing that happened on the way, like to like, sort of like overcoming or whatever. Um, when I was in seventh grade, I was able to advance to the eighth grade orchestra and just like skip the seventh grade orchestra altogether because I had had those private lessons. So I was like a little bit better. Um, and that was like, I was so happy about it. And like, I couldn't believe that I was that good. Um, and then in eighth grade, the teacher, instead of advancing me to ninth grade with like all of my peers, uh, she kept me in the eighth grade orchestra. And there were some other seventh graders that had previously been in the eighth grade orchestra that got to go to the ninth grade orchestra. Does that make sense? So like other people got to advance, yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. like the only one that I didn't get to advance. Mm-hmm. And that was like really hard oh, for me. I was gosh. like, but wait, like I'm good. Like you told me I was good at this and mm-hmm. I practice all the time. And like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand why I don't get to. And she said it was so that I could like lead the mm-hmm. orchestra, which is like looking back, like it probably was, you know, like I probably was like good. So she wanted like a strong player in mm-hmm. the middle orchestra. But at the time I was like, right. I don't get this. I don't understand. Like, I'm going to prove it to you that like, I'm good. And you should have advanced me because like, I'm really good. <laughs> so um, I decided that year right. um, if you were in eighth or ninth grade, um, and it's at a junior high. So it was seventh, eighth and ninth grade. Ninth grade was not in high school. It was in junior high. Um, if you were in eighth oh. or ninth grade, you could do an honors project. Um, and music was one of them. So I was like, okay, like I'm doing this. I'm dedicating my life to this. I am going to mm-hmm. practice every single day for multiple hours a day so that I can do this. So one of the things we had to do was um, we had to learn all of the scales. And then another thing we had to do was um, memorize a piece and perform it for the community and then like a panel of teachers. So um, because I had had like a little bit of a riff with the actual orchestra teacher, um, there was a history teacher that um, played the violin for the um, Morbin Tabernacle Choir. She was in like the orchestra at Temple Square. So I like got approval Mm -hmm. for her to be my mentor for my honors project because like I was kind of mad I think at the actual orchestra teacher for not letting me advance um and the history teacher really Mm -hmm. liked me and like it all seemed great um and I like at this point I would wake up at 5 a.m every single morning to go to my basement and practice while everyone else was asleep before I would even like get ready like literally the first thing I would do is like go practice my violin for two hours in the morning. Um, yeah, I was like committed to this and I would write every single thing down that I did. I would write down like, this is exactly what I did. This is what I struggled with. This is what I'm going to do to fix it. Like I had this whole journal that was like dedicated to this and like the project that we did only had to be like Mm -hmm. 10 hours. Right. But obviously I was going to spend more time on it because like Mm -hmm. it takes, it takes more than 10 hours to master a a piece of music. So I would practice for two hours in the morning and then I would have orchestra during school, which was about an hour. And then I would practice for two hours after school and I would just like stay at the school to practice. So like immediately after school, the first thing I did was I would go and practice my violin. So at that point in my life, I was practicing for about five hours a day. Oh my goodness. Yeah, (laughs) it was, it was crazy. Um, And all of my friends were like, like, I would tell my friends like, okay, like I have to go practice. So like, if you want to hang out with me, like, that's fine. But you just have to listen to me practice because this is what I have to do. And it would get to the point where like, my family would come over for like Sunday dinner, like my older brothers who were um, my older brother that was married and out of the house. And like, they would want to hang out with me. And I was like, no, like, I, I can't, I really have to practice right now. Like, I was sacrificing a lot of things for my violin. Um, Mm -hmm. So anyway, back to the Mm -hmm. history teacher. Um, So one of the things that we had to do as part of the project was meet with the mentor on like a specific day. So 
me being an eighth grader didn't think like, oh, I should probably like double check this with the teacher just to see like and make sure she's planning on this. Right. So I just like showed up in her classroom without like double checking, like, hey, is this the day we're still meeting? And she got so upset. Like, I don't know what was going on with her life, but she like got very upset with me and was like, you didn't schedule this. You shouldn't be here. Like, this is not what we had planned. Like, it was just like, I don't know what was wrong. Um, But that was like really hard for me (laughs) because I was just in eighth grade, right? (laughs) Like. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Right. It sounds like it was way out of proportion. It was, and it wasn't even like a wrong date. It was on the schedule. Like it said on the piece of paper I had given her at the beginning of the year, this is the date that we're going to (laughs) meet. So it was so weird. Like like, (laughs) looking back, like she was just like a little bit crazy. (laughs) Um, There was an experience we had with her outside of this, (laughs) just in the history class. Um, where we had to do like current events. So like if you were assigned to do a current event that week, you could go and like present in front of the class for like extra credit. And one time this kid in the class went up and he said, so I have a story, a current event about teachers being on Facebook during class. Um, And one of the things you had to do when you presented it was like relate it to a real world world scenario. So the kid said, (laughs) this is so bad. He was like, and this relates to us because you do this all the time. And she flipped out, like, like, just like started screaming at us. And like, you think I do this all the time? You don't appreciate like, it was so bad. So bad. Um, Anyway, so I had practiced the piece. (laughs) And for five hours, I was playing for five hours a day, I was probably practicing for four to five hours on the piece every single day. Um, And at the end of the year, when it came time to present to um, the like panel of teachers that were on like the music board, um, I got like halfway through the piece and like choked. Like, I don't know what happened. Like I just forgot a line and like totally messed up and like it just was not fun. <laughs> so I, I got through oh, it. I eventually nice. got back on track in the piece and like my mom was there, which was really good. And so like, Afterward, my mom was like, let's just go shopping. Like, it's going to be fine. But we saw the teacher afterward that was my mentor. And I guess she was still like harboring Mm -hmm. some like bad feelings for me. I don't know. But like, instead of her saying, hey, I know that was really hard. And like, I'm really proud of you. Right. Right. She didn't say that (laughs) at all. Mm -hmm. What she said, she came to me and she was like, I knew you weren't ready to perform that piece. I know, right? <gasps> and you're going to get your plaque to what? prove that you did the honors project, oh. so don't worry about it. It was horrible. Oh, like, I awful. could not believe she said that. Well, who says that to an eighth grader that just, like, did this really scary thing? I, that... Oh, I know that, that people have thing, other things in their lives, but that yeah, just it was is really, so not okay. really heartbreaking. Um, so then like when I went to perform the piece at my recital, um, so I was the only soloist of the whole recital. So the recital was supposed to be like a group recital, but my teacher, my private lessons teacher, um, Mm -hmm. she said that I could perform it for part of my project because like I had to do it. So I might as well just do it at the recital she was already having. So I performed it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And the teacher wasn't there, right? Like this teacher did not even like go out of her way to be there. Okay. So like I performed it absolutely perfectly. Like she had no idea. Like uh, it was like probably the best I'd ever played it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like, that's like what kind of stings is like, why couldn't I have just like performed it perfectly? Like both times. (laughs) Um, But anyway, that was like, of course, a little bit heartbreaking to hear the teacher say that. And I think that kind of like stuck mm-hmm. with me um, because when mm-hmm. I did get to high school, I didn't necessarily take like a lot of steps back from the violin, but like I was getting to a point where I was getting just a little bit burnt out um, because like at that point, like mm-hmm. I was still trying to practice for like at least two to three hours a day. Plus I was in high school. So like the workload was a lot more, um, 
and like right. it just was getting to be like a lot and I was in the high school um fiddle band so mm-hmm. I practiced for two hours a day I was in the fiddle band I was in orchestra every other day <laughs> for an hour and a half so like I was still playing for like probably wow. like four to six ish hours a day which is a lot <laughs> um so um, yeah yeah then my junior year of high school I was in the top orchestra for our school, um, which was really cool for a junior. Mm-hmm. Like I was really proud of that. Um, but at that point I was still practicing mm-hmm. two to two ish hours a day. I was in the fiddle band. I was in the highest orchestra. So the music was harder. I still had my private lessons, um, material I had to practice. Um, and then on top of all of that, if you're in the mm-hmm. highest orchestra, um, it's called the chamber orchestra. You have to be a part of the musical. So mm-hmm. just by default, everyone that's in the chamber oh. orchestra is also in the musical playing in the pit. Right. <laughs> so oh, I know, wow. right? Like on top of so everything else. For that. <laughs> um, so at that point I was probably Whoa. playing for six hours, like no doubt in my mind, it was like six hours a day at least. Right. And we would, during the actual musical, oh my gosh, like thankfully my teacher was like, we're going to do study hall. Cause I know it's a lot. Like just do homework. We're not going to play. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, it just got to be so much for me. And I'm like a very uptight person. So like, if I am stressed out, Mm -hmm. I, it's hard for me to relax. Like I'm very tight in my body and the way I hold myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was coming through as I was playing violin. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was really hard because I would have pain after playing for like 20 minutes. Um, and the pain was so intense that I was like, I really like, I just don't want to do this anymore. You know, like if this is physically hurting me and like, right. I know it's going to be much worse in college. If I do decide to go down this, this path, like it's going to get worse in college. Right. And yeah. I went to my orchestra teacher, yeah. which is not the same yeah. one from junior high thing. <laughs> and like, I really like the orchestra teacher from junior high. She was oh, that's really good. nice, <laughs> but like, I always will remember how she held me back. (laughs) And I think that like affected me, like wanting to take a few steps back in high school because I was like, well, I guess I'm not good, you know? Um, Anyway, so I went to the orchestra teacher in high school and I said like, this is really hurting me. I don't know what to do, like help pretty much. And he was like, so understanding. He said, you're going to, you don't have to come to fiddle band. And that was like an extra thing anyway. So he said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to drop this. We're going to find someone to cover you for Mm -hmm. the, um, the musicals, the remainder musical performances that we have. Um, because it was like an every other type situation. So Mm -hmm. I didn't have to play every time, but like every other, um, and then, Right. We're going to switch you to, to an internship at the junior high with me because he worked at a different junior high I didn't go to. Um, so I um, yeah. switched from chamber orchestra to an internship with him for like half a semester. Um, so that way, like I didn't have to play, but I could mm-hmm. still be like involved. Um, so that was really good. Right. And I was okay. really happy that he did that. And I also had to drop my private lessons for what I thought was going to be a while. Like I thought it was going to be like a couple months. Um, mm-hmm. But like the whole thing really mm-hmm. just caused me to like take a step back and think like, is this what I want to do? You know? And I had had that experience in junior high that was not great. Right. right? Um, and I had had that teacher that like mm-hmm. really didn't mm-hmm. believe in me and really got mad um, a couple of times at me. So Mm -hmm. I just sort of had to say, like, Mm -hmm. is this it, you know? And this is where it, like, takes a surprising turn because, like, most people want to hear the end of the story of, like, and I pushed through it. And now I'm, I got a music major and blah, 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 you know? Um, But, like, that's not what happened. Um, (laughs) Uh And, like, I'm proud of it even though I didn't do the thing everyone wants you to do, I'm still really proud of myself. Cause like, it was really hard. I loved it. I loved playing the violin. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I did it for like six hours a day, or mm-hmm. at least I would try to. Um, 
so I took a step back. Mm -hmm. I took like a couple months off. And what ended up happening is the only things I was doing throughout the rest of my junior year of high school and senior year was chamber orchestra and then the musical the next year. And then fiddle band. That was just once a week. So that was not a huge deal. Um, But I dropped everything else. Um, And that was like really, it was really difficult. Um, But looking back now, like if I never would, if I wouldn't have dropped that, like I probably wouldn't have met my husband. I probably um, wouldn't be a graphic designer. Like I probably wouldn't have a business that I love and own a business that I love. I probably would still have to practice six hours a day. So I probably wouldn't be able to like work or own a business because in college you're still expected to practice for six hours a day, even if you have like a full-time job. Um, So there's just like a lot of things that like wouldn't be in my life if I would have continued down that path. Mm -hmm. What a brave thing to do. I I feel like that, I mean, it, it, it sounds like it really saved you so much mental strife and physical pain but mm-hmm. i mean what an incredibly hard decision uh it's i i can relate because um i and i've said i said this i think last time on my show um mm. i trained to be an opera singer when i was when i was young and then i had my car accident and i and i lost my memory and then i i had to i didn't have to restart from the beginning but i relearned it and i just I didn't have the joy mm-hmm. in it. it. I was doing it because I was good at it and because other people expected me to do it. And it was really, I did it up until college at the, you know, when I started college and, mm-hmm. and I just, it was so hard to decide, you know, because everyone sees you and, and they, and they give you praise for that. And they, it's not to mention like all the money that has been invested, right? My mom invested so much money yeah, in oh like gosh, yeah. private lessons yeah. and she bought me a new violin. And um, mm-hmm. like there were so many times mm-hmm. where she had to drive me to um, those lessons and she had to drive me to orchestra um, rehearsal and she had to like, there was so much sacrifice yeah. from both of us, you know? Um, and like, we really had to just sit down right, together right. and say like, if this is not the thing, like this is not the thing, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful that she invested all that money because like some of the best memories of my life are, um, my senior year of high school when I was in orchestra, like I had so much fun. Like I made so many amazing friends and I had, I just had like the best time, you know? Um, but it was still like, it was really hard and I'm sure that would be hard as a parent to be like, wow, like we just spent all of this money on this and you're not going to do it anymore. You know? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right. So, but I, like, okay. it would have been like even more time and money to try oh, and but... fix the problem. Right. Like we, she, at one point she had me, um, well, we yeah. both decided that I should go see like a physical therapist. And like, that was really hard for me because like, I felt like the physical therapist was making matters worse. Like it kind of was like irritating me in a way. And like, I wasn't super comfortable with someone like touching my body and like, it was, you know, so Right. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like yeah. it was a really good I mean, in the end, it was. Um, <laughs> so it's like, it's not the ending that, right. that everyone wants to hear. It's not like I persevered and I, I practiced even more and I found a way around it. But right. it's like, I was able to let go and make mm-hmm. room for better mm-hmm. things. And I think that's like a really important thing for people to learn is that mm-hmm. if this is not the thing, it's just going to, if you let it go, it'll make way for other better mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so important. That's so important. And you don't, mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to work until you try it. And you don't know. And, and it's really important to listen to yourself when it's not working. And that's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of lessons and, and a lot of, of grace that you can get mm-hmm. from, from being able to really listen to yourself. Do you feel like that served you in the the rest of your life? Like, have you been able to kind of tune into yourself? Yeah, and I think to so. More um, I think one of the things on? I learned from it um, 
So I said at the beginning, I used to have sort of a type A personality of like, I go all in or nothing, right? And for a few years after I had quit playing the violin as seriously, that wasn't really me anymore, right? And like, that was really hard for me to accept that like, I had Mm -hmm. kind of changed, you know? And like, now I'm I'm a person that's like, okay, like, let's Mm -hmm. do it. I'm all Mm -hmm. in, you know? But I definitely had to listen to my, like, it's so much easier to listen to my intuition now of like, hey, you need a break, right? Like, I know you're struck, like, you just need to be kinder to yourself. So I think having a few years where I didn't have a thing in my life to go all in on really helped me in the long run, because now I'm able to just sort of, Mm -hmm. if I'm having a day where I'm overwhelmed, I'm just able to take a step back and take a break for Mm -hmm. like a day instead of a couple of years, you know, and then like pick up where I left off the next day. And that's really (laughs) nice being a business owner as well, because like if I would have been a music major and I would have had to practice, I would have had no choice, right? If you're sitting in an orchestra rehearsal, you don't get to just like take a break, right? Like the director is not going to be okay with that. Mm -hmm. And not saying it's not a valid career choice. It totally is. I have so many Mm -hmm. friends that are doing that right now and they love it. Oh, absolutely. Um, But it just wasn't going to be a valid option for me. Mm -hmm. So I hope that sort of answers the question. I hope that doesn't sound like I'm not like a driven person. Like I totally am. Um, Oh, oh no, very. I think that it's, uh, it's a real answer. And I, I appreciate that because it's really easy for so many people in our lives. There's, there's, for me, I mean, there's, there's times in my life when I, I did the expected thing because I was expected to do it. And sometimes you just, it, it kills your soul to do that. And, and it sounds mm-hmm. like you listen to yourself enough to know that it just wasn't right. I'll learn. And the sooner the better, right? <laughs> you know, oh, for sure. Now you have, some, sure. you know, you have so many things that are open for you now because Mm -hmm. you've learned that and it sounds like it was really really hard to learn but it wasn't wasted time it was I mean it taught you so many qualities about yourself that are very resilient I mean you're persistent for Mm -hmm. sure (laughs) and you're persistent in finding the right answer not necessarily the rote answer yeah for sure (laughs) and that's definitely something else you can learn is like your destiny is not like pre-written right like if you've invested mm-hmm. hundreds of hours in a thing that you really want to do, and then you decide, okay, mm-hmm. like, I don't think this is it anymore. And you feel like you're, you've been settling. It's okay to move on. Mm-hmm. Even if you love it. Mm-hmm. Right. I love playing the violin. Right. I, and I still would mm-hmm. love it if I still did it. Um, but it was just causing me so much pain. And I just really had to think like, am I never going to get to do this thing again? Probably not. You know, like, I believe in an afterlife where yeah. like we can do all things. Right. So I'm probably going mm-hmm. to get to do it again. Just not right now. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, I like that. That's a great perspective. And, and you could, you could pick it up at any time mm-hmm. if you wanted to, that's the thing you, you have ownership of it. And rather than just let that career path happen to you, you decided to, to do something For that sure. you really wanted. So how did you get involved in graphic design? Oh boy, this is a little bit of a story. (laughs) Um, So in 2018, um, or I guess in 2017, November of 2017, my husband and I moved to California um, and I did not have a job um, because we had just moved there. So in beginning of 2018, I was like, okay, like I'm going to find something that I can do totally from home. Um, and it's going to be awesome. So the first thing that I tried was, um, Pinterest affiliate marketing, which if you don't know what that is, it's basically Mm -hmm. like advertising for, um, products on your Pinterest page. And then you get like a commission if, um, someone buys those products. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did Mm -hmm. that for about like two months and I got my Pinterest up to like 1.4 million views in two months. Right. And I, I made like a good chunk of change. Um, with this third party company that I was using. Um, Unfortunately, um, the third party never paid me that money um, because I was quote unquote, breaking the rules. 
What's frustrating about it is I was following a method from a blogger who I had specifically asked, hey, I don't think this is right. And she was like, no, it's fine. Because what I was doing was I was pulling pictures from like the website, like from the source, and then just using that as my pin and like putting text on top of it, right? So I like asked this blogger that I was following, like exactly what she did to make this her job. I was like, this sounds illegal. Like, (laughs) this sounds like copyright issues. Like maybe maybe I shouldn't do this. And she was like, no, it's fine. Like it's Pinterest affiliate marketing. It's totally different. Pinterest is totally different. It, It doesn't count. So then I like asked the company to cash out and they said, no, you broke this rule. And I was like really upset at the blogger because I had bought a course from her and I asked her for money back for my money back. And she said, no, luckily it was only like 30 bucks. It wasn't like a huge deal, but it was just really frustrating because I had like specifically asked, is this illegal? (laughs) No kidding. Um, Yeah. So anyway, from that experience, I was just using like Canva at the time. But my husband noticed that like, I really liked it, right? He was like, I think you have a really good eye for design and you really like this. Um, So he told me um, that I should start doing like graphic design. And I was like, isn't there a bunch of like numbers and coding involved in that? And he was like, no, like, I don't know who told you that, but no, like you literally just have to like have an (laughs) eye for it, right? So um, he downloaded Adobe Illustrator on my computer and he was like, this is like, he showed me like some basic things. And then I just like went on YouTube and started watching courses. And like, because I'm a type A personality, I was like, oh, like this is the thing, right? So I like, I started (laughs) practicing for like hours a day so I could get good at it. And I found out that I really liked it. Yeah. Right. Like it's the same thing. Like this is just who I am. Like when I find something that I really love, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is, this is what I'm going to do. Like, this is going to be awesome. Um, so yeah, I just started practicing a lot. And then I started, um, an Etsy shop where I put up like some printables, which like didn't really take off, but like it was fun. And like, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and then, um, yeah, I just like, started thinking like I am, I have a talent in this, right? So I should probably start a business bigger than just like a little Etsy shop because like printables are not going to pay the bills. So at the beginning of this year, I decided to like get really serious (laughs) about um, designing. So I started designing for brands and sort of um, looking into how um, you can translate like a brand's mission statement to their personal style. And like, I just kind of have like an intuitive eye for it. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the story. Like that's another thing too, is like that really like (laughs) crappy experience of not getting paid by this company actually turned out to be like Mm -hmm. one of the best things that ever happened to me because now I have like a really thriving business and I'm able to do what I love from home, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, you just, Mm -hmm. you kept trying. You kept trying and you were trying to find the right thing. And it, it's funny, isn't it? Like, it just, I feel, I mean, I don't know that I've ever met anyone who does exactly mm-hmm. what they set out to do and is happy about it, right? Like, I feel like you have to really for work sure. to find it, <laughs> to, to be happy with it, right? Like, I don't know, but for me anyway. So um, it sounds like you have a pretty strong support system with mm-hmm. your family and your husband. For sure. Would you say that? Yeah. Now, do you think that, do you think that asking for support from them is easy or hard? Um, I would say with my husband, like it can sometimes be easy, sometimes um, a little bit hard. Our dog is like a little bit high maintenance. <laughs> um, he mm-hmm. loves to eat everything. Mm-hmm. So like someone has to mm-hmm. be in the same room with him at all times because, or he has to be in his kennel. <laughs> um, so like, Sometimes that's really frustrating because it's like, oh, who's going to watch the dog, you know? Um, But like we've learned through it and like he's been like really um, supportive. Like the whole time I've been like practicing my graphic design, he's been like, hey, you should start a business because I Mm -hmm. think you'd be really good at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So like he was like the biggest nudge in my life to be like, just please go in all in on this. Like I know you're like half like you're like 75 percent of the way there. But like, if you just like turn it up to a hundred, 
like you're going to do amazing things. So that's been really good. But yeah, like sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, can you watch the dog while I go work? You know, like it's not quite as like high maintenance mm-hmm. as having a kid, um, but still like a little bit, yeah, you know? But... Yeah. So do you have time for doing things in your life that make you happy otherwise? What kind of stuff um, do you I like love to do? watching Netflix. I know that's like so cliche. Um, oh, I know. Especially right now. It, it's all valid, right? Um, so kind of stuff I like love watch? Queer Eye. That just came out. So we've been watching that because there's mm-hmm. a new season. Um, I also mm-hmm. love Friends. I, that's not on Netflix anymore, but I've been like slowly buying the seasons because it's one of my favorite shows. Um, and then mm-hmm. also the other thing I do, this is like so nerdy. I play Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's super cute. I like it. That's I, I haven't gotten into it just because... Um, I recently upgraded to oh, a yeah, phone. Yeah. So, um, like, I, I mean, I had a, a smartphone. My, my mm. iPhone was like an iPhone five. So, <laughs> so finally, I have a good one. I yeah, just haven't put it's, it on there yet. Yeah, it's really addicting. So, yeah, oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> but whatever works yeah. for you, I think that's a great thing. So, do you think that um, even though you said you are a former Type A personality? Do you tend to structure your days um, in, a, in a pretty strict routine or do you try and kind of actively fly by the city of your pants? Um, I try to structure it just because like I have so much on my plate with my clients that like I have deadlines to meet. Mm-hmm. So I try to plan it out. Mm-hmm. But like the nice thing about being a business owner is like if I get tired by like three o'clock, I could just be like, okay, like I'm done for everything done that I wanted to like. I'm just going to chill. Um, so that's been super nice. nice. Uh, my dog also keeps the day pretty structured. He's literally like our baby. Like he's like our everything. Um, he keeps the day pretty oh. structured because he wakes up at like seven every morning. It used to be five when he was a puppy. So like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> he changed it to seven and <laughs> I could not be happier. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. So he keeps me like pretty in line that way. As far as like it's seven, we need to wake up and go for a walk. Um, so that's super nice Mm -hmm. because I'm able to like have a consistent wake up time. Um, so, I mean, it really depends on the day, but. Well, and that's one of the things I imagine being a business owner. Also, it's easy to think in kind of an abstract way, like, Oh yeah, I'd love to be a business owner and own and, you know, run my own ship, but you have to mm-hmm. make it happen. So it doesn't just, you know, that's one of the benefits of, of having, you know, going to a job every day um, that's yeah. outside your house. <laughs> you know, there's that, all that external structure. I have a, I have a hard time with, with that. So that's been interesting for me in, in quarantine, having to have everyone else in because yeah. my whole family's home now so um you know I was like I structured the days for me because I was writing all the time yeah. and now it's a little different so and my husband you know, has been full-time kinda... freelance since October so like we're used to both being uh-huh. at home because I work from home at my day job that's just like part-time three hours a day not a big deal um uh-huh. so like we're both really used to being home Um, so that was really nice when quarantine Mm -hmm. hit because we were just like, okay, like this is pretty regular. Like this is just what we do anyway. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's kind of nice. That's, that's helpful. (laughs) Do you have any other hobbies you like to do? Do you, uh, do you listen? Oh, I listen to podcasts all the time. Like literally my whole day I'm listening to podcasts because I have, um, like a two track brain. So talking to Mm -hmm. someone is totally fine. Like if I'm talking to someone having a one-on-one conversation, like I can focus and it's fine. I think I have ADHD. I'm, I'm not one of those people. It's like self-diagnosed ADHD. Like, no, like, but I probably have it. I just haven't. It's not like it doesn't affect my life in a way that's like, Oh, I can't do anything. Um, but I like have to be listening Mm -hmm. to something while I'm working. Um, otherwise like my brain goes off into like a crazy place and like I get bored and like I just have to like entertain myself at all times. So I am constantly listening to podcasts um, and I'm always looking for good new ones. Mm -hmm. So like send me all the suggestions. So what, what do you like? What do you recommend? Um, What podcasts are your favorite? There is one that I've been listening to a lot called committed. It's about um, 
relationships and like really cool stories about people that have, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like your podcast, but like for relationships, um, it's people that have been Mm -hmm. through something like pretty difficult and overcome it in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And it's like made them stronger. Um, let me think, um, let me just pull up my podcast list really fast on my app. Um, I like how you do that. I'm the same way when I'm writing something. I really like, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's kind of like a way to entertain lizard brain, you know, like, like Mm -hmm. the primal part that like, otherwise you'd be, you know, I would be worried. Everything, right. I don't know. Um, All kinds of things. Every Little Thing is a really good podcast. Um, It's just about like random stuff. Like they literally will do like flamingos and like squirrels, like just random, random stuff um oh cool strictly stalking is one i've been listening to a lot that one's really good um i don't know if you watched a million little things when that was on tv it's still on like they have a third season renewed but obviously not on right now um they just have a podcast called a million little stories i really like that one um yeah just like tons i really like it when it has a story because it's something i can kind of like Mm -hmm. follow Um, I think what it is, is like, I've heard this about people with ADHD and like, I'm saying I don't have it, but I probably have it. Um, Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) if you don't have something else going on, like you cannot finish a task, you know, like, cause your brain will Mm -hmm. like wander and like, just get bored and be like, I hate this thing I'm doing in front of me. I don't want to do it. I'm going to put it off till tomorrow and Mm -hmm. go do something fun. Right. So I like trick my brain by doing something fun at the same time to make sure I get the thing done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, maybe you're training your brain. So yeah, it's for sure. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> and like, I love it. I love my work, but I still like to listen to something. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It makes it fun. Even if you're doing, you know, something that mm-hmm. is super fulfilling, there's still sometimes you just have to slog through little yeah, bits of it. It's so true. You know? And, and that's, that's, yeah, that's totally reasonable. <laughs> Do you have, this is a question I always like to ask my, um, my interviewees just because it's interesting for me. I'm like a super coffee person. Uh, I used to be a super tea person. Is there like a particular thing that you have to always, like something that you like to drink, something that like is your go-to? That's a great What's question. Um, so we live in Utah and a lot of Utahns don't drink alcohol mm-hmm. or coffee right? It's like a religious thing. Um, Mm -hmm. And we don't either. Um, But there are soda Mm -hmm. places all over. It's like a thing. So Hmm. uh, do you know what Italian sodas are? Yeah. So it has like half and half and like a flavoring and a soda, right? Um, So there's places all over Mm -hmm. that sell sodas that have flavoring and you can add like half and half and caramel and chocolate and like, oh my gosh, like so good um so lately um Mm. whenever we go to a place so the place that we go to is called swig um which is funny right like because like (laughs) yeah very cute very cute um so lately what we've been getting is um dr pepper or coke i actually this is very controversial i cannot tell the difference people think i'm crazy i just really can't um so we'll get either one of those with Uh lime half and half and coconut cream and it's so good like it tastes like you're like on a tropical like you're in hawaii As I record this episode today it's juneteenth so today i thought i would feature my favorite black american author living author. Um, I met Sonia Renee Taylor at a conference that we both presented at years ago. Sonia Renee Taylor is the founder and executive officer of The Body Is Not an Apology. Her company is the digital media and education company that promotes radical self-love and body empowerment as the foundational tool for social justice and global transformation. Her work is a highly sought-after and award-winning performance poet, activist, and leader continues to have global reach. That was from her website. 
please look up Sonia Renee Taylor. You can see her amazing work as a poet on Instagram and on YouTube. And please pick up her book, The Body is Not an Apology. is 